Earlier this month, members of the Gomoroi Nation voted against accepting an agreement proposed by energy company Santos seeking to establish the Pilliga or Narrabri coal seam gas project, which would seed 850 coal seam gas wells in the Pilliga forest. The lands targeted by Santos are subjected to a registered native title claim by Gomoroi people, and this means Santos either needs an agreement with Gomoroi to progress their project or sanction from the native title tribunal to override the rights of the Gomoroi. The Gomoroi are calling on Santos to immediately withdraw an application currently before the tribunal, which seeks permission to proceed with the project despite this vote. Producer and journalist Jay McAllister spoke with Gomoroi community member Sue Ellen Ty to get a First Nations perspective on why this fight is so important to them. Well, with the coal seam gas project, what they're proposing is over a period of 25 years, a 25-year list, the potential, now my understanding of the figure is approximately 850 wellheads. That includes infrastructure, roads, fencing, that will all impact Pilliga Forest out in Gomoroi Nation. We are um, opposed to that, to that happening. And why is it such a, an important issue for you personally? For me personally, it's because, one, I live out here and I live on country and I live uh, on Pilliga because the Pilliga is just not the lines on the map that, you know, that the government puts forward. The Pilliga to Gomoroi Nation is what we include, where Coonabarabran um, my little town where I live is. So, you know, I look out my window and I see a tree and that tree to me and the Gomoroi Nation is included in the Pilliga. So personally, it's because, you know, one, I'm living out here, two, it's the country, and three, and importantly, it's a very, very important spiritual site for uh, the Gomoroi Nation, and it's known across the Gomoroi Nation. And for those out there who are not familiar with it, but uh, may be familiar with the Piliga Yowie, which is a, a spiritual entity um, for the Gomoroi Nation out here, and we view it as the Yowie in Piliga as being both Spiritual, but also corporeal in a way. So it's a spiritual being as well as a, you know, as a being that inhabits and is a part of and has a symbiotic relationship with the Pilliga. I understand there's a native title claim over the Pilliga. Is that right? Yes, yes, there is. Is there any protections that, say, a native title claim will will give Gomorrah Nation or the Gomorrah people against say, uh, a coal seam gas project? Uh, if I'm to answer that honestly and in my personal opinion, I would say there isn't, although there are, that there's the Native, Native Title Act, there's also the land rights and there's also the cultural heritage legislations that, at least on paper, provide something, but I, don't, I believe that the intent is not there from those documents to give Aboriginal people across Australia and in this instance we're talking about today is the Gomorrah Nation, fair and equitable due process. You're front and centre of this campaign, but uh, I'm sure there's other people in the community who share your perspective and point of view on the issue. How united is the community around this concern and are there people that might have alternative views as well? As, as you know, as being human, being members of the human race, not everybody agrees on Point. But I would say as a generalisation, I would say that 95% or more people that I've spoken to and spoken with 
in terms of the Gomorrah Nation would be against Santos's um, intention to extract the gas from the Pilliga. Yeah, I guess the counter-argument to that, and I'm sure you've heard it many times, is the economic benefits of, I mean... Oh, yes, uh, yes. But yeah, what do, you, what do you say to that, those that say that uh, a coal seam gas project or mining in general brings economic benefits, jobs, etc., and for those that mightn't be aware or might um, want to learn about, can you talk a little bit about connection to country for Aboriginal people and also the Gomorrah? First thing, first point I'll talk about is the arguments about that it's beneficial to communities and the one that we hear most and the one that's put out there as a huge carrot to get people to agree, and that's not only for the Aboriginal people to agree, but also um, other demographics of rural Australia, is the fact about jobs. Now, in, in relation to what's going to be happening in the Pilliga, this is a highly mechanised process the jobs that would be available will be very few because of that mechanisation aspect of it. You might have, you know, what they would call a skeleton crew, I presume, would be for maintenance and possibly repair of those well sites. So, you know, the argument of jobs that are there for people within the actual process of the gas extraction itself are simply you know, non-existent. So the allure of jobs is just that. It's, it's words. There's no that I can see these jobs will jobs will manifest themselves and then the jobs that will be there, for instance, for the maintenance of those uh, well sites, they would be specialised jobs. They will be more like what we see happening indeed across Australia and other places indeed across the world where they fly in and fly out, like specialists and um, credentially trained in that field. The jobs that they proffer forward for... You know, if the northwestern region and around the Pilliga and on the Glomar Nations will not present themselves because the mechanisation and the level of training needed to actually be operating in that. So I don't think that they will be, those jobs will present themselves. And the action of the country is very, very important because it's part of, you know, it's about who we are as, you know, Aboriginal people. It's our, where we come from, it's our connection to place. And it's very, very important because even though people move away from country for various reasons, you know, there was dispossession and dislocation and now people move for jobs and education and things like that. But throughout all of that process, people have remained with their identities. So people will identify as Gamilaroi, they'll identify as Wiradjuri, they'll identify as Wawan, Wanarua and Bigambul and they'll identify as all those. So we haven't lost that connection to country. And what it is for us is it's our it's our cultural well-being. It's like our cultural tether. Even though people may not live on country anymore, it's still their cultural tether back to where they come from and their connections and their family trees. I know people who have very significance, who have a significant cultural significance to a particular tree on country. So, you know, or a particular story that's on country that's linked to a river or, um, you know, so that's very important to us. And it forms a part of who we are in terms of our spirituality, our connection with each other and our connection to land. And, you know, as Gomorrah people, we we don't only have a cultural responsibility to our nation, but there's the nations that border us as well because anything that affects us on our nation 
say, for example, a good example is water. So if water gets impacted on our nation and then that water travels either through a river or creek system or through the Great Artesian Basin, and then that is then that affects our neighbouring nations. So we have a cultural responsibility to look at that and, you know, maintain that we keep good cultural connections with our neighbours and looking after country is one of those ways of doing that. And too many times I find that that's been disregarded and they devalue that. I think that if we can readjust that power imbalance by getting our voices heard, we will actually be moving towards uh, a, an Australia that we hope is going to be we want an Australia where Aboriginal culture and Aboriginal people are valued. Now, you had the vote against the proposal uh, earlier this month. What's yes. the, the next step? What do you see as the next step and, and what needs to be done? Well, I, I think it really needs to be, I think, one, our voice needs to be heard on a political level and listened to and valued and valued on a political level. What I'm saying is that the government does not listen to us out in um, rural Australia, doesn't listen to Aboriginal people. They're not taking into account. They're actually disregarding us. And for the IPC, they had in excess of 23,000 submissions saying no to this gas field. And that was ignored. Now, that, to my understanding, that's the biggest opposition to fossil fuel company, well, at least in Australia's history. So that speaks volumes. And then we hear the political leaders of this country say, in opposition to that, we're going, Australia's going to have a gas-led recovery, economic recovery. And I find that that's extremely insulting. And it, and it disregards us as Australian people. Now, I'd be interested to get your um, perspective also on what your message would be to, say, a non-Indigenous uh, Australian? What, what do you want to say to, to someone who is curious about uh, why there's such strong opposition from uh, Gomorroi community members? Well, it's a strong op- opposition because well, this is not the first you know, time we've had to fight for our right to exist as Aboriginal people in Australia. It's, you know, it's not our first fight in regard to or struggle in regards to maintaining our, our cultural practices and connection to land. So it's not the first time. You know, there's been an, an argument to say that, you know, there's a precedent being set that, you know, it's in the public interest to have these um, fossil fuel companies go ahead. And whereas I say, I agree with that. It is in the public interest, but it's in the public interest to talk about climate change, the impact of climate, the destruction of um, country, the impact it will have on our water, the, the potential impact it will have on the Great Artesian Basin in Australia. So that's a Gomorrah fight, but it's also it's also Australia's fight too. Now, how can uh, listeners keep informed and stay up to date with what's happening? I, I would I would say you know I'm not an aficionado of social media, but I think in this campaign, I think social media has a huge role to play. And looking at those types of social media campaigns, but also, you know, like I would say to the people, have a look at Pilliger. It's an amazing place. The flora and the fauna that's out there is amazing. And we stand to lose that. And we stand to lose the biggest unfractured forest in New South Wales, uh, indeed the eastern coast. So come and see it. Come out here. And, you know, there's 
springs springs everywhere that come, you know, are out here. So come out there and taste water for the first time. Actually taste it. And so that's what we're potentially losing. But it's in Australia's interest to want to protect that because the Great Artesian Basin, it's an, it's an amazing feat that Australia has, you know, that we have this geolog- geographical and geological um, specialty in our in our in our country of Australia. So we should be doing everything we can to protect that. But that's Australia's interest as well. It's not not just the Gamilaroi interest to protect that. That's Gomoroi community member Sue Ellen Tai speaking with producer and journalist Jay McAllister.